6'2", buck 85, um, had the big touchdown catch against Michigan State, like 97 yards. It was all him. Uh, Big-time prospect. He ends up signing with Oklahoma. So the Sooners get their first wide receiver out of the portal. Uh, and, and trust me, they, they've swung it a lot. But I wonder how this changes with Emmett Jones now in the mix, Josh. Because, listen, this is big story number four, so maybe maybe we just get rolling with the top five stories today, which we do every single day right here on The Ref. And the top five stories today are brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Let's roll, shall we? It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, best reels in the metro. Happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 to 6. I-44, exit 107. I love. I had a blast out there on Monday. I hope we get a chance to go back more often. Big story number five that we're in the midst of. Number five. All right, so now that Emmett Jones is in the mix, mm-hmm. right, and, and now that you've added – the the Anthony kid out of uh, I believe it's not why am I just now forgetting his name as I'm scrolling Andrew down. Anthony Jr. thank you from Michigan so that Anthony kid would indeed fit right here so and now that you've added him I don't think Oklahoma's done in the portal I'd be intrigued by a guy like uh, a J Michael Sturdivant who entered his name fairly recently into the portal out of Cal. Uh, Bryson Green, by the way, for those that are saying I'm hearing Bryson Green, uh, they've crystal balled him to Ole Miss. And right now it's 100% on the crystal ball to Ole Miss. And there is nothing there is nothing there on John Paul Richardson right now. But I, I, guess, I guess there's a part of me that hasn't quite given up on a guy like Adante Cephas yet. And, again, I'm, I'm very careful in how I, I I throw this out there because I'm just not throwing S off the wall to see if it sticks. But, I mean, this is – this to me is the kind of guy that, I mean, maybe now that a couple of things have taken place, right? Maybe now that we've seen the addition of a new wide receivers coach in in Emma Jones maybe in the decision for Oklahoma's Marvin Mims to to turn pro maybe that changes things for a for a Dante Cephas I don't know but I will say I find it interesting that this is a dude that has been in the portal as long as he has and every single report out there that lays out oh he's He's interested in here, or he could be going here. Literally, he shoots down, right? So, I I don't know, Josh. Maybe I'm just swinging at air here, and and I'm I, the, the guy that I fell in love with for that first entered the portal in Cephas. That it it might be, it might just be wishing in one hand and you know what in the other. But that that would be a name that I would think I'd keep an eye on. Now, I got a I got a text from a friend of mine. And if Quinn, let me know if I can share this. And this is from one of his super secret contacts. That's going to throw another name into this receiver mix that I promise you at 11:08 a.m. will get you giddy. All right? 
I, you, you can say, all right, Plank, I'm tired of hearing about Dante Cephas. Well, all right. If I get the go-ahead here, there's, there's another kind of I's to dots and, and, and T's to cross that make it very fascinating. But I've, I, I don't want to speak out of my – well, I'm going to be speaking out of my backside. But I don't want to maybe even more so than this already will be. So I'll, I'll wait on the official go for it. And when I do, Josh, this is a connecting of the dots that will have Sooner fans over their mind juice. How's that for a tease? Love it. We're pretty excited about adding Andrew Anthony Jr., Absolutely. even though the production isn't crazy. Just the 19 receptions over the last couple of seasons. Really just that uh, one highlight or a couple of highlights versus Michigan State excites you to see that breakaway speed and kind of fits into the overarching theme of Oklahoma's wide receivers right now, which is ton of talent, but not a bunch of production outside of Jaleel Farouk and Drake Stoops. Right. Ton of talent. But now we gotta we gotta see it, right? <laughs> we've gotta we've gotta see exactly what that ends up meaning for them long term, right? Can they step up and be the guy? I don't think they're done in the portal at receiver. And I think that there is a chance that there is going to be uh, buzz building about another name in the portal, potentially. Uh, someone's on it. The 918's on it, Josh. As All right, in, I'm talking, can I tell you? As in wide receiver coach? Yeah. So Brings a friend? Here's, here's the rumor. All right? And I'm not saying that I either condone this rumor or believe this rumor. I am stepping aside from any – what's the word I'm looking for? Responsibility. This is not a report. This is not a report. This is something that was brought up. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm sure there will be somebody that will say, oh, well, you're not following who they follow on Twitter, right? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. But here we go. Once word started getting around about Emmett Jones to OU – he started following Xavier Worthy. And Worthy started following him back. Xavier Worthy has been rather vocal about how unsatisfied he is with Texas. Well, last night, apparently Xavier Worthy picked up a few more followers on the old Instagram. Dylan Gabriel, Keon Brown. And, of course, the always necessary Dylan Gabriel. Well, if you I are, mean, that would be a gigantic oh, hit. Oh, look at this. Who's already on top of this, of course, according to the 918? Stoops Bros. Who's, Stoops Bros. Listen, someone get me in touch with this guy. We need to hire him as an insider. Stoops Bros. I'm ready, dude. He's tracking the social media follows. But Interesting. Interesting. Though, again, let's be very clear. Worthy isn't in the portal, and you have what is today the 11th. You have uh, you have a week to make up your mind. You have a week. But very interesting. Now, and it's funny because if Stoops Bros has been connecting those dots, I'd have heard from someone else, too, that has not just connected those dots but says it's worth keeping an eye on. Interesting. Yeah, and – Look, Deshaun McCullough is a big-time get, we think, defensively. ESPN All-American freshman team. Xavier Worthy would be the biggest ad they've had. Yeah. 
big time. Um, and and I know that there's also guys. It'll be interesting, right? Because um, Texas Tech has that receiver Bradley that was pretty good. I don't know, you know, if that's something to where, if you kind of gauge things by how Brenton Venables has approached not just the portal, but how he goes out and gets players. I don't know if that's something that you necessarily want, right? This guy came from Tech, so all of a sudden he's going to bring a guy with him. Remember how Coach Venables was very slow to, to or didn't want to bring any of the Clemson guys? In yeah, basic. he's not trying to raid the Clemson Thank roster. You. But interesting. All right. Well, well done, Stoops bros. 918, you can be Stoop bros uh, part two if you just want to take the money that I was going to give him. But, yeah, I – I, I get it. I mean, I understand. Then there's there's some of you that have already connected the dots, right, from this, from the 620. He goes, not real inspiring. 87th ranked as far as the portal receiver is concerned whenever it talks about uh, Andrew Anthony. Well, they've gone after just about every single receiver in this portal, bro. <laughs> you name it. That's why for me, I, I'm telling you right now, I am not giving up on Dante Cephas. I, now, I think there is a chance that he declares for the NFL draft. But this is a guy that has uh, a crystal ball to Pitt, that has a crystal ball to Penn State that's out there, right? I, don't, I just don't know. And every single time something is brought up with him, he shoots it down. He was one of the first offers that Oklahoma has. Maybe he's already eliminated him. But you also have a new, fresh face in that room in Emma Jones. So that's a lot on the transfer portal, especially on a Wednesday after – and by the way, from the 918. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that Xavier Worthy is happening. I'm just saying that buzz is out there. Then if Xavier Worthy is out there he and is, is threatening the portal, I'm telling you right now, we saw what happened when a – why did I just bl- – when a Blitnikoff receiver is in the portal like Jordan Addison, suddenly those dollars start clicking up. And I don't know if, if we're going to be in a position yet where we're winning or getting involved in bidding wars. And I do think if Worthy ever ends up in the portal, I think that's a bidding war. Oh, of course. All right. I, that was a little bit more out of that. Emma Jones, new wide receivers coach at Oklahoma. Angel Anthony added from the portal yesterday. All right. Big story number four. Number four. You know, I, I guess maybe I, I haven't really got the scoop from you on this. How do you feel about the early signing period in general, Josh Elmer? Just for Oklahoma or philosophically? Just, just philosophically in general. Uh, I'd like to move it before okay. the season starts. You're not alone. Greg Sankey has spoke out about the early signing period. Quote, we're crushing coaches in December. We're going to add playoff games in December. We have to change the early signing period. Agreed. Amen. Now, remember... The early signing period change has only been for, you know, 17 was the first year that we had the early signing period. So it's still relatively new. And I think in the one thing that we all agree is it's it's a lot on coaches. Now, coaches make a lot of money, right? There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Sure. But in that same vein, are we really having them focus on what matters the most if we're in a situation that the the early signing period is all that they're worried about and they're supposed to be, you know, coaching games and things of that nature. It's tough. It's a balance, right? Well, in the early signing period, 
doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all for college athletics and for college football. It's the early signing period for a reason. It's supposed to be the, – the intention was, hey, if your mind's totally made up, boom, you've got a date to sign uh, you know, before February. Right. I think, to me, July. Put it in July because August you're already starting practices. Put it in July, and for those that have their minds totally made up, boom, you can ink then. And that eliminates the December, everything's going on all at once. And, oh, by the way, you've still got the February signing day. For those that aren't aren't ironclad in July, hey, this is where I want to be. Also, Todd Berry, the AFCA, American Football Coaches Association, said yesterday there is interest in moving the high school signing date up before the transfer portal opens. It might be the first Wednesday in December or right after Thanksgiving, quote-unquote, it's so chaotic right now. I I, wish they would move it before the season. Yeah, just do it before the the season starts. We need July content anyways. If you're trying to make this a year-round news cycle, put it in July. Will someone think about us whenever they make these changes? I know. we got to get on the phone with these people. So if Sankey's speaking out and if the AFCA is talking about it, I think change will come. But I hope that change isn't, oh, we're just going to put it in the first Wednesday in December or during the Thursday signing day, or the, the Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving. No, no, it's got to be, to me, sooner than that. All right, big story number three. Number three. Breaking news for the National Football League playoffs. Tua Tagovailoa is out. He is out for this weekend's game against the Buffalo Bills. Looks like Skylar Thompson will get the call. What about one Lamar Jackson? No word. Nothing yet outside of the cut that we played yesterday from one John Harbaugh. So the we plank, shall see. Plank gut. What can the plank gut report? He hasn't practiced in over a month, Lamar Jackson. He's missed the last five games. I just I don't see how he magically gets ready in time for the Bengals. Unless he's better. You know, just because he isn't practicing doesn't mean he's not staying in shape. I've talked myself into a corner on this one. How about this? Baltimore doesn't win that game without him. Agreed. But unless, I unless it's just a total implosion, which I don't see that happening. Is Mar Jackson going somewhere this offseason? I think they're going to tag him. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I would imagine they would tag him. Here's, now, whether or not he plays under the tag is another question. Right. Here is that full Q&A with Jerry Jones. Thing happened in this playoff game Monday that could put Mike McCarthy's job status in question for next year? No. Just, uh, I don't even want to. Uh, no. <laughs> That's it. I, I don't need to go in. No, I don't. Uh, no. All the pluses or minuses, but I've got uh, a lot more to evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game. Fair answer. And Tom Brady's talked about uh, injuries yesterday. We have seven days to prepare. We're, we've got kind of the whole week. I don't know. I'm sure everyone's a little bit day-to-day right now. I'm hoping we're pretty healthy. I mean, I, I really I believe we're going to be as healthy as we've been all year, which is kind of exciting, you know, to get some guys back that haven't been in there. And then, you know, see if we can go play our best football. Because I even said after the game, you know, it sucks being eight and nine. You know, you're playing against teams that have way better records, 12 and five, whatever it is. But you know what? The only thing that matters is who wins that day. This is true. 
Boy, Tom Brady, he's going to be something else as an analyst. All right, big story number two. <laughs> that is some analysis. Number two. Boy, what a wild finish between the Thunder and the Heat last night as we go all basketball, big story two and one. Uh, we're, we've been talking about the, the whistle that hurt the Oklahoma Sooners last night in fog, but I, I find myself, Josh, wondering if maybe OKC got hosed even a little bit more. 40 free throws last night? 40 of 40 for Miami. Incredible. Jimmy Butler finished with 35 points. The Heat sneak one out over the Thunder, 112 to 111. 40 freaking free throws. I mean, it's an NBA game, so it's kind of normal. OKC in action. Well, they got Philly coming up on Thursday night in Philadelphia, 6 o'clock tip. What is not normal is actually making <laughs> all of the 40 free throws. I mean, abnormal. Incredible. Incredible for Whoa. Miami. I didn't catch that until you pulled it up. OKC was 14 of 21 from the free throw line. Miami was 40 of 40 from the free throw line. Unbelievable. Which gets us, of course, to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, let's use our next segment to recap. The Oklahoma loss last night to Kansas. Give a little snapshot of what the Sooners are walking into tonight for Jenny Baranchek's crew in Lubbock. That's Josh. I'm Plank. This is the home of Sooner fans. I'm, uh, I was, I was laughing about what we opened the show with, Josh, during the break because I, I had heard that cut from Jerry Jones. I was cracking up in the, no, uh, I mean, no. You guys heard it right there. I can't believe that Fox would edit the first one. It's like, what do you? There's like that split second to where in his mind is like, man, what if we lose this game? And so we were talking a little bit about. Did that go in? No, I think so. It's a blind, blind toss. That was the top five stories of the day. So it's like we're done with them. But so we brought up maybe the possibility of Mike McCarthy being on the hot seat if the Cowboys lose this weekend. But gosh, I think it's. I've got first take on in here. They're debating whether or not Brandon Staley should be fired if things don't go well for the Chargers what do in you the think? first round. If, you know, Sean Payton kind of spilled the tea on Sunday because everyone knows about the Broncos report, but he also added, I've been talking to another team. And you would have to think if Sean Payton is called and you're the Chargers, you'd be interested. But we'll see. Because of Herbert. Right. You got two guys with precarious court, uh, coaching seat situations in Brandon Staley, Mike McCarthy. You got two franchise quarterbacks at both places, and, and you've think, got one name in Sean Payton. That gosh, Payton. And both Herbert. front offices are like, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Payton, Payton and Herbert. I might, I would probably become a fan of wherever Derek Carr ended up. Welcome to New Orleans, Plank. Yeah, I, um, I don't like the idea of that pairing. We were talking a lot about. The Xavier Worthy rumor that's out there and the Emma Jones. I know uh, Jim from Arlington, Citizen Note, that Parker uh, had talked about on Monday where there's a blue chip receiver out there that was very interested in Oklahoma if Emma Jones was the guy. Um, I don't know if that's Xavier Worthy. I would assume he's talking about a high school guy, but you never know. Um, again, Dante Cephas is still out there. The Sturdivant kid out of Cal is still out there. I don't think they're done in just adding Anderson from, from Michigan in the transfer portal at receiver. And I – and it doesn't really take, you know, the a rocket surgeon, if you will, to try to figure it out, Josh, because 
there's still wide receiver offers that are out there, and they've made it known that they're going to go out and get a few yeah. by the amount of offers we've seen. Absolutely. Still in the market. The 918 writes, pay the big bucks, Sooners. Worthy is worth every bit. You pay it out in the long run, it will be worth it. Totally agree. Completely agree. Here's one. The 918's on fire today. Here's one way to fix the early signing day. Let high school seniors seniors sign any time from a date in the summer going into their senior year until the February signing day. Thank you. I mean, I I don't know what kind of chaos that would create, but I would love the idea of, and I think a certain faction of high school juniors, maybe some seniors would like it. Hey, here's your signing day. It starts August 1. You have until... September, well, should it go on throughout the season, you think? No. Okay. I would say you have an early signing period from August, or, okay, late July to August. I like what it is right now. I think three days is fine, and I think the high school kids kind of need. So you don't don't like the idea of, hey, start it from a date in the summer and go into the football year? Okay. I, I like, hey, the early signing period is these three days. And just ink in July if you want to ink in July. And if you don't, then guess what? Signing day's on February, whatever it is. February 1st this year, by the way. Um, Brian with a Y in Tulsa asked if I think Brady possibly goes to Vegas after this year. I think that's what the owner wants. I think that's what Mark Davis wants. I've said this many times. If Mark – and. Someone was, like, fighting with me on Twitter about this. It's like, bro, listen, I I live this. This is when it's not Oklahoma Sooner football or softball, and in the case of tonight, women's basketball, I am living everything that's happening with the freaking Vegas Raiders, okay? Mark Davis has always wanted two things. He always wanted John Gruden. He got him. And I'm telling you right now, if the NFL said, hey, you can hire John Gruden back – Mark Davis would hire John Gruden back in a heartbeat and not think twice about it. Josh McDaniels would be back living with mom and dad in Boston. But he can't. So he had to fire him, and he wants Tom Brady as his quarterback. He wants Tom. Because they see the um they see that Raider in him, and he's he's a rock star. He's a he fit perfect in Vegas. And they just, they couldn't stand Derek Carr for some reason. Maybe because he didn't win enough. I don't know. But that's it. And they wanted Antonio Brown until they found out that he was a crazy person. <laughs> Peace and love. Uh, from the 405, TCU and Sonny Dyke still have that pitch to players that they did something no other Big 12 team did, and it still put them in the national spotlight. Even though they got hammered in the national championship game, like OU against LSU, Sonny Dykes and TCU can still tell recruits they played for a national championship. That is what players want to go to D1 schools to do, right? I mean, I used to think so. I just, I don't know anymore. Do you want to go to win a national championship, or do you go to a place that you think can help your draft positioning, or are you going to a place where you can get the most NIL money? I mean, I'd, I'd like to believe that too, bro, but maybe even that's a little bit antiquated. You know, you're going to places where you can win a national championship, right? If you're going to, or at least play for a national championship, but you know, I'll tell you what: if I was recruiting against a TCU, and 
their whole pitch is, hey, man, you play for national championship here. I would ask him, all right, show me the ones you've won. And when they walk you to that dusty area, you know, at the very least, if you're, you know, Oklahoma has, I wish we'd go back to the crystal football. Oklahoma has one of those they can show you. From, you know, it's it's old, but it's 20 years old. And Texas has one that they can show you that's not quite that old, but still pretty old. No one else in the Big 12 can say that unless they're walking down into the basement. It's like, hey, where's the trophy from 1935? You got the third. So I, I understand, but I don't think that guys are going to schools for that reason. Now, it just happens to be a byproduct, and they'll say it. We want to win a national championship here, but in the end, they want to be put in the best position when it, uh, to, to go to the NFL, and now they want to make as much money as they possibly can. Sure, and, you know, at times they, they want to play with other talented players. Sure, absolutely. Um. A lot of you people checking in, you people, on some of the greatest rants that you have seen. By the way, guy from Gaia writes, to Mississippi State guy in the Big 12, could they compete for a championship? Absolutely not. But even if they could, my go-to for all SEC team slash fans, leave and go to the Big 12. Okay, can I read that better? Um, Because... It's pretty funny. He's basically saying, if you think you can, go. And go to the Big 12. Then they make another stupid comment in which I reply, uh, then shut up and take your paycheck. So in other words, he's fighting with someone. He's fighting He's fighting that battle between Mississippi State and the Big 12. Oh, we'd go to the Big 12. we won a championship. Mississippi State. Shut up, Mississippi State guy that's mad at your TV. Um... From the Baylor season or the TCU season? Baylor 2021 or TCU 2022? True, right? This is the same stupid argument that people were saying, oh, you would have been better off to win the Alamo Bowl than lose to a Bama or LSU. To me, that's an Aggie mentality. Yeah, you want to play in the bigger games. Now, just the sheer domination that Georgia put on TCU kind of, I I guess, at least makes you think, but it's no different than – Oklahoma versus LSU, right? I mean, it was more pronounced, but similar. Yeah, true. We had another debate about the biggest non-conference game in softball in the history of Marita Hines Field. OU Believer 56 said the LSU games in 2014, right before my time with softball, but yeah, Sooners won both of those 2-1 to one and 3-2. to two. It shows you how hard it is to get teams to want to come here to play. I mean, literally, we had a team back out last year. Why? Because, like, I won't come there and get my ass kicked. Yeah, which is it's tough. It's too bad because, you know, if I'm one of the head coaches at one of these other top flight programs, I'm telling my team. Anytime, anywhere, right? Yeah, and, and also, hey, we're going to go play those guys, and I want you here to help me go beat those guys. And that would be exciting, and that's part of my recruiting pitch. We're not running away with our tail between our legs. We're playing anybody, anywhere, anytime. And then one more from the 785. Would an all-star team of the other three playoff teams' players even had beaten Georgia on Monday night? They would have kept it closer than 65-7. to seven. Yeah, we can report it would have been more competitive. But I don't know. You'd have C.J. Stroud at quarterback. You'd have All those wide receivers from Ohio State, plus Quentin Johnston. I think they'd have a chance. But 
It'd be tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just telling you, that was another level that Georgia was on Monday night. I think the all-star team would win, but it'd be fun to watch. Uh, and then from the 405, as long as Jerry is in control of the Cowboys, there is no coach out there that I, as a Cowboy fan, feel confident in. What other GM goes over 25 years without getting to the Super Bowl and keeps their job? What Bob, Bob Sturm has the, the joke, Jerry, the owner, should fire Jerry, the GM. They have the shirts that were made up because everyone says it so often. Yeah, I, I will say I think Sean Payton, though, is one of those guys that when he comes to – if he comes to Dallas, that Jerry would give basically all control to. It's your team. All right, quick break. I promised some Porter here. We got carried away on the text line. Let's do it next. Tough one for OU last night. We'll hear from the head coach right here on The Ref. We didn't close each half well, obviously. But, um, in the first half, they brought in a kid that hasn't played, Zach Clements, who ironically hit a three in here last time we played. Then he had back-to-back threes. He hasn't hardly been playing. Uh, we didn't close out that the half well. Um, I thought we did so many good things in the second half, fought. Um, and, um, you know, if you look at so many of the numbers, um, you know, rebounds, we out-rebounded them. We outscored, uh, you know, 27 to 22 field goals. We shot 47%. They shot 37%. Uh, they shot 39 free throws. We shot 23. Um, we had, you know, four blocks. They had four blocks. I mean, there's, there's one number that's skewed right there. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a, just a gut punch down the stretch. Um, you know, I, th- I thought we took two threes under the – it was two minutes and we were up three. And we, you know, we were trying to be aggressive. And we, I think the guys just – it was a little bit of running out of tank, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, we pulled a three with 11 on the shot clock when we were in bonus. We missed it. They come down, scored. Then we came down, and then Tanner took a three with 16 on the shot clock, missed it. They turned down and scored. And, uh, you know, there were, there were good looks that we could make them. But, if we, I mean, you know, we didn't make any of those shots down the stretch. Um, Jalen, uh, we ISO Jalen. He, he missed a little one, but a lot of physicality down there. Yeah. Uh, nothing was called uh, right there. So, um, you know, just just really disappointed um, after so many things that these guys did in this building against these guys uh, to not finish it off. There you go. Porter Moser last night after the tough loss for Oklahoma against Kansas State. What am I saying? Against Kansas. In the state of Kansas. Pretty close, huh? I, uh, man, that hurts. I, you, you were talking about legit being sports mad after that game yeah. last night. Yeah, oh yeah. It's just, I'll give you for, I'll give you an example. It's like whenever the Raiders play the Chiefs, right? With the early game this year, like they got a chance, they got a shot, and when you don't take advantage of that shot, you're like, oh. Son, I mean, one time. It just doesn't happen. It's like the Chiefs on the road in the division. Now you get to reap the rewards. You're a Kansas fan in that instance. And you feel like you're doing everything right. And somehow Travis Kelsey is running wide open and they win the game. It's like watching OU Kansas. You feel like the Sooners did everything right. Then all of a sudden, the whistle gets a little bit more active in the second half. And dudes you haven't heard of are out there hitting shots. And you're like, what in the world is going on? And suddenly... You can't. You're making decisions like he was talking about, taking threes quick in the shot clock, not making them, which would help a lot. Not making threes. Period. Last night, true sports anger. Well, from last night, and Kansas is just flat out better the final five minutes. And then there's that. They were just a better team. They were just a better team over the last five minutes of uh, of the game. Anything else to add as we put the bow on a conversation about OU? Kansas 
No, I think we've covered the uh, the gamut. Now it's flip it, wash it, get ready for West Virginia. Because West Virginia is going to come in here and they're going to try to do whatever they can to get in the in the win column. That's their that's their thing. By the way, someone asked about rocket surgeon. So this is one of my favorite jokes, and I'll always only explain it once, and it's not even really a joke. And so that way, everyone that is listening at 11.45 on the 11th day of January, year of our Lord, 2023, will always know what I'm talking about. The great Don Christie, who is the operations director and the Don over iHeart Tulsa, great dude, great friend, uh, he runs KMOD. And as you might imagine, KMOD has a very active, passionate listener base. And they care about what song is being played and whether or not it fits in with the Rainbow Station. And why isn't Cutflat coming back? What are we doing, man? Hey, I haven't heard Phil and Brent in a while. What's going on there? I miss my man Brent. He's awesome. He might be listening. But... He had a caller, very, very angry, very angry caller that was mad about, I don't know, D.C. with like a Skinnerd song or something. And whenever, whenever this guy called, instead of saying rocket science, I mean, he was hot. It was, you play Skinnerd, and that's what you do, and you don't get too carried away. It's not hard, bro. It's not rocket surgery. And then he hung up. So it just, that has always stayed with us. And then I saw like a t-shirt out there that said rocket surgeon and it had a guy in surgery glasses. So I assume that it's more than just the story the DC told. So yes. But that is the origin story here. That is our origin story. That is our, um, hold on. Let's think here. Uh, Bruce Wayne seeing his family get murdered in front of his eyes. That is our, See, was was it the Joker just failing at everything in the origin story? Yeah, there's many, there's many right. Joker right. origin stories. I feel stories. like there's there's too many Joker. That's our origin story for that. Much like most of you pointed out yesterday, the origin story for the Alabama Revenge Tour started with Nick Saban sitting at a desk while David Pollock is telling everyone that George is now the it in college football. A couple of good texts to get to. Uh, all right, so we've moved on. We're set for West Virginia. Yes. <laughs> this is funny from the 405. Is there any recording of Bill Smell's comments after last night's games? The Italian fan would be interested in hearing. Um, I think we played it earlier. So if you're a fan of the podcast, you can jump on hour one. I think we played the Bill South. Yep. Simply search krefsports.com. Good question for the 972. Our point. Did you all see Danny Stutzman's tweets in regards to David Aguebu entering the portal? Of course, I'm not in the locker room, and I know our fans hated his guts, it seems like. Um, it seems like he wanted to stay and make it work. May not have gone down how he wanted, but I appreciate him for wanting to be here and for trying to learn. I don't know the dynamics of Aguebu's decision. And, I, I, I again, I think Danny Stutzman was just tired of you dopes tweeting, talking about how the linebacker room is better now with Igwebu gone. I don't think it's rocket surgery to try to figure it out, to be honest. I think you just step back and go, go just look through Danny Stutzman's mentions. Or maybe just look through David Igwebu's mentions. Maybe it's a guy that he sees people are – 
dropping the good, glad, good. You missed too many tackles, Mr. Simon's here. And you see that and you're like, okay, wait a minute. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go to bat. I'm gonna say something. I'm here. gonna go to bat for my boy. You're you're talking about somebody that every single day directly you're in the same meeting rooms, you're in the same practice drills. So it's in no way, shape, or form a surprise that Danny Stutzman had nice right. things to say about, oh, by the way, Oklahoma's second leading tackler from right. this past season. But, yeah, I just – to me, we haven't talked about it much because you have the you have the national championship game that was kind of the, the, the fallout from that. And I had seen that he had – he's among those guys. I think Jaden Davis, Jordan Kelly are a couple players that we still haven't necessarily heard from. But – I, I had always kind of assumed that he wasn't coming back. Aguebu? Yeah, he was always on like my list of guys that was either going to, you know, give it a shot in the league or, you know, he was he was gonna try somewhere else. I when I had started penciling in depth charts for twenty three, um Aguebu was a guy that I didn't think was gonna be a part of this. I'd love to go and I don't mean that anything negative about Aguebu. He'd also walked on senior night. But I'd also like to go back and the guys that walked on senior night, how many of them did come back? I think Isaiah Coe is one of them. But, and, and Drake Stoops I know is. But it's just – I don't think you need to look into it too terribly much. I don't know if there's necessarily more to the story. Uh, maybe he did want to come back. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But Danny Stutzman sticking up for his guy should surprise absolutely nobody. Um, let's break. We'll come back, put a wrap with this edition of the Plank Show next, right here on The Ref. A couple of things here real quick, because we got into the, uh, and I wasn't, I want to make this clear, I wasn't jumping on the texter, Money stretch of the imagination, I think it's fair, hey, did you see this out there, what did you guys think? And David Aguebu entered the portal, I think there was a lot of celebrating going on by a certain faction of the fan base, and Danny Stutzman threw out a tweet that said, listen, if if you guys think that we're better off without him, you're you're fooling yourself. And I thought this was a really good point. Uh, two, two quick texts before we wrap. People forget that Danny Stutzman is maybe, what, even barely 20? And there's a grieving process to this. And I'm sure if uh, Jerron texts deposition, I think I absolutely positively understand what you're saying there. Uh, opposite deposition, I know that he and Danny are really close. Juxtaposition is, I think, the word that you were looking for, and somehow it autocorrected to Jerron text deposition. Yeah, that threw me for a loop. This is absolutely from an attorney. But uh, maybe even barely 20, and given the grieving process this, I'm sure that he and Danny are really close. Uh, That's such a tough deal. Also, a question with all these edge guys who's going to – Happened to uh, who's going to help Ethan and Reggie? Love you guys. Well, and by the way, when I pre read that, it made a lot more sense when I read it on the air. I apologize. But basically, he's saying, remember, Danny Stutzman is young. Now, what's going to happen to Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs? Well, and look, Plank, I mean, it's human nature. If, uh, if thousands of people were, you know, commenting here and saying to either one of us that you or I sucked, probably one of us would defend the other guy. Right. Sure. Even if you fully and truly believed it. <laughs> right, which I don't think Danny Stutzman feels that way about David Aguebu, but yes. And by the way, Justin and Kuita, I kind of figured Kanik would probably take over anyway, and Aguebu probably knew that too. Well, maybe. I mean, is, is Kanik going to be a backer? Is he going to be uh, Is he going to be the replacement at the Cheetah? 
I mean, I, I, I wonder the the previous texter bringing up Ethan and Reggie Grimes. Do they continue to bulk those guys up and maybe move them inside? I, not linebacker, but defensive line, of course. I don't. I just think there is a lot of position versatility with some of these dudes that they've brought in, right? And I'll be curious to see what they do with them. But yeah, I would assume because you hear every single person that comes into this uh that comes into this program seems to be talked about as a cheetah. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with how these guys are gonna shake out defensively. But yes, I agree with that previous texter. I would feel the same way. And maybe that was part of the excitement too. Is many people view it as a chance for Canick getting more playing time. Well, I'm off to Lubbock. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip. Safe travels, my friend. Join me on the Sooner Radio Network for Josh on Plank. We'll see you back here from Cavens tomorrow.